Hey Craig, I'm on here now, but um, I can't put my video on. Craig. Yeah, morning, morning, Jason. Okay, mate. Hey, I can't, I can't uh, start my video. Just so you know. Oh, okay, so, thank you. I'll, I'll fix that. Yeah. G'day, everybody. Um, thank you very much for joining us on our first uh, CXO Bytes. As you can see, we're having just one slight technical difficulty. We'll sort that out. We'll give Jason, um, we'll give, make him a host and he can then turn his video on. There you go. There you go. Look at that. My way. Uh, thanks very much for joining us this morning, Jason. No worries. All right, well, let's get started. Uh, welcome, everybody. This is the first time we've uh, run one of these, so we'll see how we go. Uh, I'm Craig Young. If you haven't met me, I'm the CEO of Two Ends Tech Users Association, if you haven't caught up with that. Uh, and this is our part of our Flint program, Our Future Leaders. Um, I'm going to talk a bit more about that at the end. But uh, over the last few years, we've held a few of these uh, meeting the CXOs, where you'd be able to sit down and around about a table of eight and meet with... Um, certain uh, senior leaders for about 20-25 minutes. Uh, we also had our Coffee with C-Suite events and uh, they went off really well but unfortunately obviously in these uh, days of um, let's call it physical isolation we can't do that so we decided to do the next best thing and start a weekly video cast something we should have been doing pretty much you know for a while ago given that we're a technology association but we can talk about that a little bit more at the back. So each week we're going to just spend 25 minutes or so talking to a, a senior leader someone that people know and would like to hear from and this week we've got jason kia ora jason kia ora. i'm going to ask you i think i've got a few questions i think i sent them through to you but i'll we'll take it as we come and uh let people know just before we do kick on there is a poll if you're new to zoom webinars there's a poll button at the bottom you can answer a poll it's a very simple one just simply says, have you been more productive this week working at home than you have working in the office? And uh, you can do it anonymously, so Jason won't know that you work for Vodafone. Uh, and there is a Q&A button, you can ask questions. Right, before we start, I thought we'd just do what we've been doing each time we've started these meetings, just talk about our home setup. So you look like you're in a study or something, Jason. I'm in my uh, son's bedroom, actually. I've kind of uh, taken over. Uh, which he's slightly annoyed about. Although he's um, nine years old, so he gets the treat to uh, when I'm working late at night. He gets to sleep in my bed, and I get to sleep in his his bed. But I've got my um, I've got my uh, tech uh, set up. I've got my laptop. Uh, I've actually got a Cisco Webex. Actually, I don't know if you can. A Cisco Webex here. Yeah. Um, as well, uh, so I use that quite a lot throughout the day. I've got my uh, headset here for my uh, laptop if I need it. I've got my iPhone, um, and then I've got my uh, selfie stick. We have a um, a live stream, uh, all company live stream every Wednesday at midday, and so uh, I live stream on uh, basically our, our own internal version of um, of Facebook Workplace, and I use that a bit. Uh, so everything is here and we're pretty much um, pretty much set up. Cool. Well, you can see I've got my noise-cancelling headphones. They're the, one of the most important things that I have around this house. We've got six adults. 
Uh, unfortunately, two of them um, got stuck in New Zealand. They're from the UK, and so oh, wow. their flights were cancelled through Singapore. So they are flying out tomorrow through LA. So, and the good thing about it, those of you that have flown through LA before, particularly on Air New Zealand, and have had to deal with the hour and a half queues, because of COVID nineteen, they've relaxed that, and you don't have to go through customs and security. So you'd be yes, so oh wow. Yeah. That's quite cool. Yes. I quite like mine as well. I feel like I'm air traffic controller. Yeah. I like the look. <laughs> All righty. Yeah, I, I, I did a rush. I did a um, run into the office and I bought my big screen home and I think I bought the last webcam that was available in Auckland. Well, let's ask you a few questions. So first no of um, I've known you for a while. I think we first yep. knew you at Spark, but just give us a little bit of a background about how you ended up where you are now. Uh, I'm, a, well, I'm a proud Southlander, Craig. Um, uh, Mum had me when she was 17, so she's a very young grandmother still. She works at the um, Alliance Freezing Works, and her partner is a TY uh, crane driver. So I know uh, Southland is home for me, although I live in Auckland, so I'm married to an Aucklander. We've got three children, uh, two boys and a girl, 12, 9, and 6. Because um, I had a, um, a solo mum uh, at a, a quite a young age, I grew up quite quickly, and I had to have a pretty strong work ethic. So right from... High school, I had a couple of jobs, packing shelves at Pack and Save at 6 a.m. before school, and then um, kind of pushing um, a uh, broom around in the afternoon at a car painter's. And it's interesting, um, when I was, uh, every every role I've pretty much got from uh, Invercargill has been through people I've known through the networks that I've, I've had, whether I got a job at Trust Bank Southland because of my rugby coach, and then that just happened. So my, right throughout my career, um, my career opportunities have come through connections versus maybe applying for applying for roles. I got an interest in technology really early. So uh, when I was saving money uh, at the, the car painters and pack and save, one of my first purchases was a Commodore 64. I so, remember those. Um, yeah, I loved uh, kind of technology and and uh, and actually tried a bit of coding when I was at you know school in the in the uh, late 80s and early 90s. Um, and uh, also really like sales and marketing. So I've always been really interesting, interested less in the operations side of the business uh, and more in the sales and marketing side. It's kind of my personality and, and my bent. And so that's so I've gravitated through to those kind of types of roles. Um, and uh, the last role I actually applied for was uh, coming back to New Zealand um, in 2007 from the UK, which was just to be at TVNZ. And then in New Zealand, uh, we live in a bit of a village. So actually since then, I've had maybe three or four jobs um, across three or four companies. And I, um, I've always been approached by people to come and do the jobs, including this last one here, being the CEO of Vodafone New Zealand. I actually took a job. I was approached by Vodafone Group to go overseas with my family for a few years. And, um, and because our children a couple of years ago were kind of 10, well, they'd be 10, 7 and 4 at that point in time, and so we thought actually it would be a good time to have an overseas stint before Sam, our eldest, hit high school. Mm. Um, but then about two weeks from leaving, uh, I got told that I was now the CEO of Vodafone New Zealand. No interview. <laughs> I was just told. And, um, and so I didn't even apply for this job, Craig. But I'm delighted I didn't have to. And uh, I feel it's a, a real privilege to be uh, in this role in this organisation and even more so yeah. given what we're navigating through as a country. Yeah, it's an interesting, uh, I, when I talk to future uh, the leaders, I talk about, you know, opportunities that come your way, never, never look them, 
never look a gift horse in the mouth. Have a look at it. If it's interesting, you might as well have a crack because your career never ends up the way that you think it's going to, does it? No, it doesn't. And I think, you know, um, I know it's, uh, it's easier said than done, but if you can find a way of um, doing something you love, uh, it does make it a bit easier. I know that's not possible for everyone because, yeah. you know, um, but uh, I've been lucky enough that uh, I love sales and marketing. Uh, I love technology. And um, for quite a while now, I've been able to stay within uh, those realms. Apologies to all the accountants out there, but I'm a chartered accountant by profession. haven't <laughs> done it for 30 years because it was just so boring. Technology was much more interesting. Look, I'm going to ask you a question that I love asking everybody. That's, um, can you think back on your journey where, on reflection, you might have done something a little bit different, and what did you learn from that? Yeah, look, I think that the um, one thing that comes to mind is uh, when I came back from London, I joined TBNZ as head of, that was a long title, head of marketing, digital, and strategy for um, a guy called Rick Ellis. Um, and one of the things I did is I came up with, and I know it sounds like it's a long time ago now, so uh, I came up with a concept for TBNZ On Demand. And, um, uh, and, what I, and I was looking around the world at, at how we should approach it. We probably should have gone even bigger and we could have been the New Zealand version of Netflix or the global version of Netflix. But I was looking at models in the US and um, in the UK in terms of what a advertising funded streaming or um, pay uh, or a paid purview streaming model might look like. Anyway, um, I got a lot of resistance from the organization up front because you can imagine back in 2007, it was a traditional broadcaster that felt that it, w it could dictate to New Zealanders what they would watch and when they would watch it. And I was trying to say, actually, no, uh, we need to be across all screens. That actually the days of you deciding what people should watch are gone. And so um, we launched TBNZ On Demand at the time and started to get some real momentum. Um, and I remember uh, when we, um, the day that we launched it, I went to a couple of my peers on the leadership team, just so excited about this groundbreaking platform that we had created. And um, they were nowhere near as excited as I was. They felt that uh, I was destroying their roles, um, that uh, um, I hadn't brought them with them on the journey. Uh, and, and it was a big lesson for me, I think, that although I'm 100% sure it was the right thing to do, um, the most powerful way to get something across the line and, and give it momentum is to bring people with you. Yeah. Uh, and I didn't engage um, probably often and, fr and frequently enough, especially on uh, what this will mean for you and how this will turn up as a positive thing where people, more people will be watching your content, not less. Uh, how it will be, be additive to a traditional television um, uh, broadcast program, uh, programming schedule, uh, not at the expense of. Uh, and if I had done that a little bit better, then I think we would have been even more powerful. And so it was a big lesson for me because I was quite shocked at the time at the reaction I got from some of my peers. I felt they would be as happy as I was. And since then, I've tried really hard to um, to be a bit more collaborative and uh, and bring uh, teams and organisations with me uh, when I'm trying to do something bold. I think it's a really good answer. I, certainly in my career, I think I've found that sort of, you know, taking people with, along with you on the journey and preparing them for something is incredibly important. Sometime I'll 
tell you a story that I really don't want to tell anybody else. Hey, look, the next, there is a question in the Q&A, which is really the, where we're going to go next anyway. Um, and that's around, you know, this is an unprecedented time, the COVID-19. I mean, normally you and I wouldn't be talking to each other from, well, you're in your son's bedroom. I'm in my study and I've got a virtual background because then you can't see the mess. Um, and also, you know, we're doing the branding stuff. Um, so look, in the middle of this pandemic, whatever you want to call it, you know, we're one week down. What skills, um, what skills have you got that you think you are now leaning on and bringing to the fore through this period uh, of, you know, disruption? Yeah, so um, uh, we're probably, we're, Vodafone's uh, uh, a few more weeks into it than most of the country for two reasons. Uh, one, you know, we provide a, an essential service and so um, we had the ability to tap into the Vodafone global network and see what was happening in Italy, Germany, UK, Spain. And we actually were much more aware, I think, than many organisations in New Zealand of what was coming. And so we went into um, business continuity planning at an extreme level quite a few weeks ago. So this is actually nearly week four for many of us uh, in self-isolation and in working remotely. We did it in phases, um, especially for our critical teams, so our network, IT, and service teams. The reason I tell you that, Craig, is I think one of the skills we bring is, um, is being proactive early. One thing I've learned, regardless of the crisis, and don't get me wrong, I think this is the biggest health and financial thing, well, I'm hoping it is, that I'll have to navigate through my lifetime. Like, it's mm. massive. Um, and uh, one thing I've learned through, uh, from others and learned myself through experience is uh, acting uh, proactively early, uh, you'll never regret doing that and making the big calls. And so the first big calls we made was on our pe were on our people to ensure that they were safe and well. So we got ahead of the game on that. And now that we've made sure that we've had, like, we've had no cases of COVID-19 um, within Vodafone New Zealand, which is great. Yeah. Um, and now, uh, now we need to, to do the same with our business. So we've acted proactively and early to keep our people safe, and now we need to act proactively and early to keep our business safe. And I think it's a misconception on telcos. You know, you see uh, people using more data, but everyone is on unlimited plans. And so all it does is cost us more money to provide more data. No one's traveling, so our roaming revenue has gone to zero. So people coming into the country, which pay us, People going out of the country, which pay us, it's completely gone. And um, uh, and although people are using a little bit more mobile, uh, are calling and data than they used to, most people were around about 60% of their plan utilization anyway. So mm. so telcos are, um, are probably, it's not as obvious as planes being on the ground yeah. and not moving. And don't get me wrong, the impact on us is nowhere near at this point in time as it is on the airline industry. But... There are lots of industries, including ours, that are losing uh, off the back of COVID-19 and having to navigate their way their way through it. And so my only advice is, regardless of what industry you're in or, or what business you're in, is making proactive calls early and big ones. You'll never regret it. Yeah, can I ask a personal question then, just because it just occurred to me while I was listening to you about being proactive in your executive team. Most CEOs that I've ever come across tend to be reasonably extroverted in other words they get energy from being with people and the life of a ceo or a senior exec is a lot of meetings and talking to a lot of people how are you finding you know these couple of weeks in 
as an individual, as a person rather than the CEO of Vodafone, that you're coping with the social isolation from your peers and and um, other execs? Yeah, I don't know. Um, my wife would tell you I'm a bit of a, a weirdo in that thing because I come across as I'm an extrovert. But as I mentioned before, uh, 17 year old solo mum, only child who had to go to work to support us. So actually, I'm very comfortable spending time by myself as well. So I'm lucky that I'm actually I'd go to the movies by myself. I'm actually okay. I can kind of transition between between uh, between both. But I think um, not necessarily whether you're introverted or extroverted. I think uh, at these times, Craig, um, loneliness is a, and mental health is a big a big uh, is going to have a big impact regardless of whether you are extroverted or introverted. And what we saw from Vodafone Italy is week one of self-isolation, regardless of whether you have a family around you or not, is kind of enjoyable. You feel like, oh, wow, this is kind of like a holiday. Week two, you kind of get to this realization that you're working harder and longer hours than you actually did when you were going into an office. And you can't go anywhere to escape. Um, So there's no downtime. And then three, you actually hit rock bottom and you get a bit depressed. This sucks. And uh, I think that gets um, amplified when you are by yourself. So um, one of the things to watch out for um, is to send fewer emails and pick up the phone more, have more video conferencing calls, um, and, um, uh, and just check in and care for more people. Uh, a bit more than you probably previously did. And yeah. one of the stats I do love on our network is that calling has gone up 60%, which means people are doing more deals and talking more from a business perspective. But it also, I hope, indicates that people are checking in on each other a little bit more than they used to to see how they are and have those conversations because I think it'll mean a lot. Yeah, thanks. I, I Just coming back to that roaming revenue, I saw that stat just come through shortly, just before from your PR team, I was about to put a post up, because that's that's quite a significant number, minus 99% or something on roaming traffic. Hey, look, um, I'm going to put two questions together that have come through, and that's about what happens after the lockdown. You know, how is this going to change the way we live and work um, going forward, not, not just in the short term, but in the long term? Yeah, I think um, I'm a half glass full person uh, on on these types of things. And um, uh, so one, um, I love the fact that uh, we are digitizing the way that we work. So therefore, it's a more efficient way um, of working over a shorter period of time than I think ever would have been possible around the world. So I think what has happened in the last 10 days in New Zealand businesses probably wouldn't have been achieved within two or three years in terms of people utilizing technology in cool ways. So I think that's one. Hmm. I think the interesting thing will be is what doesn't go back? So what never stops? You know, so for example, our, 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 our call centers are at 64% capacity at the moment because of the challenges that we've had. And we've had to divert all prepaid um, traffic to uh, live chat and um, automated IVRs and chatbot technology. And actually customers are getting used to it pretty quickly. So, um, you know, we wouldn't have been able to do that. Uh, people are using technology uh, to solve um, queries or to do top-ups that they would have had to talk to someone before. So I think that's one example. Yeah. Two, um, I think uh, people will appreciate uh, human connectivity more than they ever have. So one of the one of my pet 
peeves for the last 12 or two, 12 months or two years has been the lack of kindness in the world. Yeah. So I see people um, not opening doors for other people, not giving up seats for people that need them on public transport, uh, not sending thank you notes or cards to say, I appreciated uh, what you did for me. Not um, in an elevator, not looking at someone and having a conversation about how they are and genuinely caring about it and being on your phone. Uh, I think that will change because people will start to appreciate people more and will have more kindness off the back of this. I think that's two. And then the third thing is I feel like for New Zealand, this is a massive opportunity. So the fact that um, maybe we weren't as proactive as we could have been on border lockdowns and as, um, uh, and as draconian as I think we could have been personally, uh, what an opportunity New Zealand has to be one of the uh, first countries in the world to, if not eradicate, control um, C19 and uh, put ourselves on the on the world map, not just for kindness that we, should, we, we demonstrated through the March massacre as a nation and especially the Muslim uh, community, but what about the next version of being the place where people can escape to and uh, feel that they can go about their daily lives, restaurants, whitewater rafting, bungee jumping, or doing business because New Zealand has got ahead of the rest of the world on controlling C19. I think that's a massive opportunity. And imagine what the economic benefit would be if we could achieve that as a country. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Hey, look, there's a really interesting question that's come through. It's a little bit tricky, but following on from some of the things you've just talked about, yeah. and I'll read it to you. As a CEO, with an affinity for sales and marketing. What are your thoughts on companies who use COVID-19 to retarget their marketing at consumers? Is there an ethical line here that companies need to be careful not to cross? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, and um, it's one of the things that we're conscious of as well, right? We've got a great product, uh, and this is not an advertising spin, <laughs> right? We've, just, we've got a great product, Endless Data, which means you don't, uh, your data connectivity isn't, doesn't run out. And uh, you've got to really be aware of um, using this opportunity to promote products that um, uh, you know wouldn't be helpful but you're using c19 and i'm sure like many of you i've been bombarded by people who um, i think have varying degree of integrity and ethics in terms of how they're using c19 to develop and grow their uh, businesses and in a big business like ours um, that's you know high profile and uh, some minority just are waiting for us to make a mistake so they can make a big deal about it. We're super, super sensitive uh, on that. I would say Craig though, as an industry, um, I think the way that um, Two Degrees, Spark, Vodafone, Vocus have come together uh, and, and, and taken steps without any government backing to ensure New Zealanders connectivity will remain uh, over a pretty uncertain period of time has been pretty uh, pretty good. You know, we haven't had any underwriting by the government like the banks have. Um, I don't see energy companies coming out and offering unlimited energy. I don't see supermarkets coming out and saying free fruit because uh, kids are at home more. So, um, and not that they should, that's their own decision, but I think that um, telcos have done a pretty good job within our within our means to uh, to help. but. Yeah, I don't think it's, this is the time for organisations to be using C19 as an opportunity mm. to grow their business. I think mm. um, it could be, how do I help 
others uh, who have been impacted the most first. Just on that, you know, keeping staying connected, I think it's, you know, it's so critical across not just keeping your business running, but back to that social um, implications that you talked about earlier. And um, I published, I put a link to a BBC article in last week's members newsletter about um, what would this have been like if it had happened in 2005? I mean, we certainly wouldn't be talking like this, would we? So um, you'd have your old Nokia phone, you'd be trying to play snake or something. We um, would. Yeah. Couple more questions, uh, just mindful of time. I said we'd keep you for 25 minutes. What tips would you give a leader around communicating with their staff during lockdown, particularly when there's so much uncertainty around things? Uh, yeah, so again, um, uh, communicate transparently uh, um, and with clarity early. So fewer, bigger, better is, um, in, in this, uh, is, is important in this, um, uh, this current environment we're navigating through. There's a lot of noise out there, and uh, as a leader, you, your job is to help the organisation and individuals um, uh, identify what the important uh, things are to prioritise versus the, the noise and the urgent. So that's one. So I think that's really important. So clarity of messaging. Complete transparency on where uh, how your organisation is tracking and the um, steps that you uh, are taking. Even if those steps end up being... Um, um, ones that impact people's employment. You know, look at how New, New Zealand has uh, come out right from the start about what the impact is, what the likely impact is, and then they've made those big early calls, which are terrible for a lot of New Zealanders, but people appreciate getting certainty um, uh, early. And then um, I'd say that the, la the last one is um, uh, as a leader navigating through this you need to do what you say you'll do. So when you make a call that, uh, and you give strategic clarity and, you, and people understand what is happening, then you have to follow up. Follow up. So I think uh, in uncertain times, uh, certainty of delivery is also a really important component too. Yeah. Well, thanks, Jason. Um, I'll give you one more opportunity. Is there anything else you'd like to say to anybody, everybody, you know, personal message or anything at this time? No, I just go back. Um, uh, Craig, those two messages before. One, uh, now is the time to be even more kind. Uh, what an opportunity we have to uh, value human connection and, uh, and people more than we have in the past. And let's not lose sight of that as we come out of that. And regardless of when or how we come out of it, don't lose sight of the opportunity that we've got as a country to be um, uh, the most advanced in the world and trying to eradicate or control this. Mm. I think it's a huge social and commercial um, opportunity for the country if we can do it. And that basically means listening to the Ministry of Health, self-isolating, staying safe and staying well. Yeah. And I think that's good for you. It's good for your broader whanau and it's great for the country. Yeah. Look, thank you so much, Jason, for uh, being here today. Thanks to everyone that participated on the call. Um, we've recorded this. so It'll be uploaded to our YouTube channel, which just search for two hands. And that should be up there this afternoon, so you can share it or view it again. I don't think Jason will mind if it gets shared around. Um, if, you, if you haven't signed up for the Flint newsletter and you want to hear what's going on, just go to flint.nz and you can see all the information there. Up there will also be a link to the next CXO Bytes, which we're doing next Thursday, because if you haven't worked it out, Friday next week is Good Friday. So technically it's a holiday, though. We won't be going very far and we'll still be at work. Um, next week, we're talking to Caroline Rainsford. She's the country director for Google. And you can register now for that um, podcast. 
Um, but that's about it. So um, thank you, Jason, and um, I'll see you around. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Bye. Bye.